Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, uh, Eddie Lenahan here once again. And my topic for tonight is, ooh, you might say, a rather grim one. I picked graveyards. Now, graveyards, maybe the way things are going, we may have seen the last of graveyards because more and more people are choosing to be <clears throat> cremated or burned, if you want to be more realistic. But then, we're all very fond of <clears throat> euphemisms nowadays. <clears throat> Nobody dies anymore, for example. They pass away. Such things as that. But, but, never mind that. Graveyards. I find them interesting places to visit always. And I think so many people do, because they can tell us so much about ourselves and about history and about the people who went before us and philosophy, philosophy. They can tell us that riches do nothing really for you. (laughs) As the old people said, you can't take it with you. As one old man said to me uh, at a funeral, somebody <coughs> gave a nudge to the fellow next to him and said, how much did he leave behind him of the man that was being buried? And he got the whisper back. All of it. 
So, interesting places, graveyards. But, but, about them. Now, they always said about graveyards and, of course, what goes into them, funerals, uh, you should never wear anything new when you're going to a funeral. And you say, why? Well, the reason why was it was regarded as unlucky. Eh? Unlucky, you say? Wouldn't you think it was regarded as uh, showing a little bit of respect for the dead? And now it is, everybody does it. But in times gone by, it was regarded as unlucky to wear something new hmm, going to a funeral. Now, some people will say, ah, there were days when, when nobody had new clothes and it was only showing respect to each other. But such as, as things were. Another thing was that, and this still applies, this still applies, when you met a funeral along the road, you were always regarded as a decent person, a respectful person, if you turned back and walked at least three steps with it. No matter what hurry you were in, respect the funeral and the dead person by stopping, turning, and walking three steps with the funeral. If you were going the other way, walk with the funeral. And and it's nice to think that during the pandemic, quite a few people, when they were walking, that was recently, did that. I saw quite a few people doing that, so the custom hasn't died out yet. Uh, we We do have a little bit of respect left in this country yet. And I've seen it in towns. Nice. Nice to think that. People aren't just whooshed into the next world and no regard for them. Another thing about uh, graveyards, funerals, you were never, ever supposed to wipe your boots in a graveyard. That's a custom that comes from County Longford. And I'm sure in other places as well. I don't think anybody would have to think too much about that and the reason why. Of course, it showed disrespect. The reason being that how do you know how many people were buried in that graveyard? Because think, all graveyards aren't the fancy graveyards kept by county councils nowadays, speak and span, with graves laid out uh, plot by plot by plot and little footpaths down between them. Think of all the old graveyards in Ireland where the graves aren't so neatly laid out. Sometimes there's only a little stone cocking up in very old graveyards. You're not quite sure who is buried where. So it would be a very disrespectful thing to wipe your shoes on any path of the grass inside the gate. You wouldn't do it, even in a new graveyard, because somebody is buried there. I wouldn't like if, when I'm buried, 
that somebody be wiping uh, their boots in what I might regard as my hair above. <laughs> and the next one is, uh, if you lose something in a graveyard, leave it there. That's a Galway custom. But it's a custom, I'm sure, in other parts of Ireland also. If you lose something, something in a graveyard, leave it there. Next, this is a little bit more sinister. If you stumble or fall in a graveyard, that's a premonition of your own death. Ooh. Ooh. So make sure the next time you're in a graveyard that you watch your step. Be very careful because <coughs> it's a sign of your own death if you do stumble. Next, and you hear that in this one in many, many places, that a pregnant woman should not go into a graveyard. The reason is pretty obvious. For the sake of her unborn child, it might, um, it might cause a, well, a miscarriage. It might cause a miscarriage or a stillborn birth. The next one, if a pregnant woman stumbled in a graveyard or at a funeral, her child would be born with a club foot. But, but there was a way out of this. If quickly, quickly, uh, somebody who had a quick wit, quick wit could grab a handful of gra graveyard dirt, clay, uh, and throw it at the woman quickly, quickly. That could be a counteracted. So there was a way out of some of these, some of these, if the other person knew the custom. And the woman in that case would be a grateful person, wouldn't she? The next custom that I have here is... <laughs> now, there was an element of fun... In this one, if you call death fun, if a young wife died, she'd be buried with her own people, not her husband's people. And you ask, why? Well, the reason why was that if she, if her husband married again, you see, it wouldn't do to have the two wives buried together. If his second wife died, uh, there might be arguing. Uh, in the same grave, that is. And you'll find an element of that, you see, in the famous Irish book Crane Killer by Martino O'Kine. <laughs> so, so, uh, she'd be buried with her own people. Stands to reason, doesn't it? Now, in parts of Tipperary, if a grave was opened by mistake, a loaf of bread was put in it before it was filled in. And you ask, why? Well, partly to apologise. And the name of that place was My Bologue, M-I-G-H, Bologue, a Bologue being a loaf of bread in Irish. My Bologue. My 
belong. So I suppose to, to, to apologise for the mistake. Oh, lad, lad sorry. Uh, you're feeding the earth and feeding the ground for an apology, apology for, for opening the grave by mistake. And it could happen very easily in an old graveyard where somebody hadn't been buried for quite a long time. And you know yourself how greedy Irish people were and still are sometimes about little plots of ground. All the more so in death rather than in life even. Now, they always said, and sometimes do yet, the customs, all of them, do not die. And some customs, as in the burial of people, die very hard indeed. That no grave was ever opened anywhere on New Year's Day, because it was believed that a grave would be opened in that same graveyard every day for a whole year, if it was. Nobody was going to take a chance on that. So, no, no. And no grave was ever opened after nightfall or on a Monday, on a Monday, except, except, and there was one exception on a Monday, except if one sod, sod had been cut on the evening before, which was Sunday evening, then it could be opened on a Monday. Now, the next one. If possible, four men from the same family would shoulder the coffin to the graveyard, if they were available. It was always a family affair, if possible. And you could understand that, because, well, well, again, out of respect. And they, of course, included cousins. It was a nice gesture to have not just a stranger having to do that, for the family it gave the impression that oh lord is that how short the relations they are that they haven't even somebody to, to shoulder the coffin they're short of cousins even in, in the locality so if possible have all the same families to shoulder the coffin to the graveyard or at least if that was not possible the very very well known and close friend now, in Listowel, I'm nearly from there myself, I'm not too far from there, what they used to do, a very peculiar custom, before the closing of the grave, a man used to get down and unscrew the screws before the men filled in the grave. Now you'd ask yourself, why? What would be the difference? The screws in the four corners of the coffin, I'm saying. Six feet of earth down on top of the coffin. Did it make a difference? Now you ask yourself why. Was it to make sure that the man might have a chance of getting out himself? If... Was there a reason? There was, there was, but I let you figure it out for yourself, and there was a very interesting reason why the four uh, screws at the four corners of the coffin 
were unscrewed before the earth was filled in in the grave. Now, there were graveyards where only men and only women were buried separately, separately. For example, there was Relignamon in Carrickmore in County Tyrone and <laughs> there there'd be no live women left in or no dead men left in there. <laughs> Peculiar one that. And in Ishmori in County Sligo they have Chompel Navar and also Chompel Namon and in Inishmori. And some Irish graveyards, for example, Rally Ciaran on Cape Clear, they promise that if you were buried there, you will go straight to heaven. Mm, I'm surprised that there's not a queue for that one. Now, they say that after a funeral, the old custom always was, don't be the last one out of a graveyard. Because you'll bring bad luck with you. And some people took that very, very seriously in the old days. And it often caused arguments and even fights at, at the funeral gates. And you can know why. Because there'd be a squeeze at the gate trying to get out. And, well, picture it for yourself. Picture it for yourself because, well, I'm not going to be the last one. Uh, oh, you, you will be the last one. Well, in a fight. Well, there was many a fight at Gates, fellas trying not to be the last one out. Now, I've seen this myself. I have seen this one myself. In the old days, they used to put faction fighters' sticks into the coffin with them. If well, faction fight fights are long, long, long gone out of the world. But if there was a very famous faction fighter, they'd put his stick into the coffin with him uh, as a kind of a token look. You might meet the same bios above in the other place, so this is this is something that you might need with you in order to face them. But also, also, if a person was famous for something else, for example, uh, music, if he was a fiddle player, now they would put his fiddle in with him because a fiddle was uh, an important item, but them were might put the bow of his fiddle in, just to, just to, as a token. And of course, card playing, card playing, which was a very, very popular thing in Ireland and is right up to the present day in parts of Ireland, that put the deck. My aunt died two years ago at the age of 101 and they put her deck of cards into the coffin with her. And I thought, well, what a lovely gesture. And the reason why was she always said that where she was going, all the people that she had played with down the years, they were all waiting for her above to have another game. And many of them. Because she had her wits about her right up until the end. 
I thought it was a beautiful thing that they had put her dick in her hands inside the coffin with her. I have a photo of it. So, there, during the famine, especially, in one of my in one of my recordings, uh, we all know, of course, that the famine was a terrible time. Funerals, funerals, they were so common that they hadn't enough coffins. And what they were eventually forced to do was get a coffin with a hinge in it. Uh, they couldn't. They, they, well, if they had coffins for everybody, they'd run out of timber. So they were forced to get a coffin with a hinge on it and take the same coffin again and again and again to a mass grave where they were just... Well, how do I... I don't have to explain to you. And just leave... Pull the bolt in the coffin, leave in the body, come back for another one and the same thing and same thing again. But in Kilrush Union Workhouse... There was this girl, and she was very unusual to have a girl doing it, but she had a donkey and car, and she was given one of the contracts to haul the bodies to the graveyard pit where they were burying them, because it was a big long grave in a section of the graveyard, uh, Shanachail, Shanachail, the old graveyard, and... An old man told me that what she used to do was she'd sit above on the coffin singing. It was so common, obviously her job, just day after day, 10, 20, 30 times a day, on her donkey car, sitting above on the coffin, singing. Well, if she was doing it like an ordinary person was doing it, there'd be solemnity in it, but she was just doing it as a job, and the person who told me it told me that his grandfather told him that she had a beautiful voice. Terrible times, terrible times. But there were the times that were in it. How many people died that time? Most of them with no coffin at all, with no, not, not even a sack. They were just thrown into a pit. Now, <laughs> Irish place names, of course, they carry the names very often of funerals. And in my home place of Brosna in County Kerry, you have Paula Temple, which is a hole in the river. If you're looking over the bridge, it is a, a deep pool in the river Clydach. And you say, Paula Temple, how did it get that name? The pool of the graveyard or the pool of the the church but most people they would see it as the pool of the graveyard and the story is whenever there'd be a body being buried above in the graveyard a, a huge eel used to come out of that pool and crawl up and up and up across the fields and where the body would have been buried above in the graveyard because the earth would be soft still and he'd borrow down and he'd take the body out of the coffin back 
down, down, down through the fields, in, into the pool, and I presume eat him, eat the body of the person who had been buried. And that's how it got the name Paula Temple. From that huge eel stealing the bodies out of the graveyard because the church isn't that far you can see it very clearly above the hill from the pool from the bridge so sometimes sometimes we get such names and graveyards from place names now they always say that you should take when you are burying a body in a funeral like that Take the long way around, in the gate, go left, go around, go around, all like you'll be at a, doing your round at a blessed well. And finally, you go east, north, as long as you end up north of the grave, on the northern side of the grave, where the priest will say the prayers and then bury the body. So, so, uh, it's it's uh, complicated, we'll say, but there's formalities to it. Nowadays, I don't think those formalities are, are bothered with at all. But they always had whiskey for the grave diggers, though. Whiskey, and the glasses for the whiskey used to be left on the grave. Now, I have one of those glasses, and they were the old-style whiskey glasses. Uh, I shouldn't have taken it, I have to admit. I shouldn't have taken it from the graveyard. But, but, in mitigation, I prayed for the person. I prayed for the person who was dead. Um, I was tempted, I'm afraid, uh, to steal it. <laughs> to steal it. But I prayed for the person anyway, thinking that the prayer was worth more than the whiskey glass. Uh, you were supposed to leave things like that in the graveyard. Um, I hope the person who died got better value from from the prayers than from my test, we'll say. Now, a much more sinister thing, a much more sinister thing entirely, uh, as, as people, some people will know, was the dead man's hand, which was sometimes stolen by night for Pishogs, for the purpose of Pishogs, from graveyards. Of course, the dead man's hand was the bones of a dead man's hand, because it was believed that the bones of a dead man's hand could, if they were dipped in the churn, they could work Pishogs, they could increase your uh, butter and steal the butter from somebody else or if they were used in the garden if they were buried in somebody else's garden they could take away that person's crop and increase your crop but you ask yourself what in the name of god kind of a person would go in and dig up a grave and steal the bones of a dead person's hand in order to do that. What kind of a twisted mind a person would do that? And yet, and yet, I've heard that story, I've heard that story not many times, 
but sometimes bad minds bad minds will always be in this world and we'll never never stop that now the other thing of course about graveyards was during the troubled times 1919 to 1923 when fellas on the run from the black and tans and from british forces sometimes hid in vaults in vaults when i suppose <laughs> they reckoned that ghosts and the rest of it well ghosts wouldn't do as much harm as the black and tans would do to you if they caught you so they took their chances they took their chances on going into vaults and well seemingly whoever was in the the vault uh, well <laughs> most of these fellas came out of the vault safe anyway it seems because i was told by two or three of these old fellas uh, at the end of their lives that uh, look we came out safely whereas if we had been outside and got what the black and tens could have given us it might have been a lot worse for us uh, they came out of it anyway and they weren't afraid to go into them uh, another ugly part of these graves sometimes was that you know yourself the landlords tended to have big vaults and some people thought that oh these fellas especially the women will be buried with their jewellery and they said <clears throat> we'll try we'll try we'll find out whether they were or not whether they're buried with their rings on their fingers or their jewellery around their neck and sometimes that's what led to these vaults being broken open and of course 99 times out of 100 they weren't buried with that jewellery at all but you can't can't persuade some people who want to get rich quick that that's the case and it's an awful shame that the dead can't rest easy but that's the case that's the case now i was told one time a strange story that in one particular town in west limerick there's a graveyard and it is very 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 near the river field and what they used to do when they'd be burying a person and they'd dig up the old coffins and if the coffins weren't rotted what they used to do is <coughs> dump the old coffins into the river the river field and let them off with the flood and he said the man who told it to me he said he saw it himself. He saw the old coffins, the old boards of the old coffins floating off down the river. And, no, I can't say whether he was telling me the truth or not, but he said he saw it. He said he saw it himself. Off they go. And, of course, there is no doubt, because I saw it with my own eyes, that some of the old graveyards in, in times gone by, they were kept very, very badly. I remember seeing... In, in the village where I came from, when they used to dig up graves long ago, they'd just throw up the, they'd just throw up the boards and they'd all be thrown into the corner of the graveyards, uh, the graveyard. And I saw skulls and I saw bones thrown up into the corner of the graveyard. 
And we used to be, when we were young lads, daring each other. Will you go over and touch that skull? Will you go over and touch that bone? But we never did. We were frightened of old life. Oh, we were brave men. We were brave men, all right. But we didn't do it because we were frightened. That doesn't happen anymore. The county council now, there's a bit of respect nowadays, but there wasn't then. There wasn't then. People were careless. People were much more careless then than they are now, uh, which was very, very strange. I was always, always surprised that priests at that time weren't more forthcoming about graveyards. And they weren't. They were too busy preaching about other things. <laughs> maybe, maybe sex and things, but uh, it wasn't right. It wasn't right to have coffins and bones especially. Now all those things are buried again and there's a bit of respect shown for the dead. But uh, they also said that if you ever cut yourself in a graveyard, that cut will never heal. Is that true? Eh, try it sometime and see. I won't. I won't. I'd prefer not to. And... Uh, <laughs> There was a custom also, there was a belief that the most recent person buried in a graveyard was the servant to everybody in that graveyard until the next funeral. Now, <laughs> the problem was, if there were two funerals <clears throat> on the one day, which there could be in a town or whatever, and maybe three, going into that graveyard on the one day and there could be quite quite a fight inside as to who would be the servant <laughs> until the next time around and and uh, another thing another thing once I think of it there was always great care to take uh, to make sure that the exact spot for opening a grave where it was because nobody wanted to intrude on another person's property but but if it happened if it happened well what then what then uh, what what happened if it did happen because you see uh, it could cause trouble. There was a story one time about some person who was buried in the wrong grave and shortly afterwards a person, a relation of that person came, came and said, hey, that's our grave, get him out of there, get him out of there. Well, and they had to take the person up again. Now luckily it was only a short time afterwards because if it had been a month afterwards, what in the name of God would have happened? I tell you, I tell you, it would have caused big, big, big trouble. Because, well, picture it for, you, picture it for yourself again. And one last thing, while I think of it, one last thing. One never, ever, ever said, God bless the work, when men were digging a grave. Or working in any way in a graveyard and that still applies the pop proper 
greeting always for men working in a graveyard was and is the Lord have mercy on the dead. Now, to finish up, I should say, to do with graveyards, what about Kyleen's? Those other sad, sad little graveyards. Kyleen's, Killeen's, Killeenachs. There's many names for them all over the country. The little burial grounds for stillborn children or for children who die shortly after they are born. What happened then? The Catholic Church didn't seem to know how to deal with them because, as you know, or maybe you don't, up to about the 1940s they couldn't be buried in consecrated ground. They couldn't be buried with their own people. They were consigned like suicides or like strangers to be buried away in the fields more often than not. Uh, in, you'll see it in the in the ordnance survey maps to this very day, children's burial ground, children's burial ground. Most parishes have at least one, sometimes two or three of them. And often they're in the most inaccessible places out in the fields. And some of them inexpressibly horribly have been destroyed in land reclamation in recent years. Imagine it to destroy a little children's graveyard. It should never be done because they're all on the maps. But you see, there's nothing there to mark them except little field stones. There's no names on them, but I have interviewed old people who can tell me that my little brother, my little sister has been buried there and you wouldn't mind the cattle walking in and out between them because, look, they're, as so many old people have said to me, they're little angels. They, did, they never did anything wrong except to be born, to be stillborn, but they never did anything wrong. Why wouldn't they buried? in ordinary graveyards with their people but they weren't they weren't the least that could be done is a little wall built around the places where they were buried i don't think i have ever met a wall built built around the place but thanks be to god nowadays mass is usually said in those places once a year at least or at least prayers said and often there's a signpost now where where you, you can be led to a place like that. And the ordinary people of the country usually had their own merciful solution to that, even if the church hadn't. What ordinary people very often did was they buried these children close to a, a blessed well, a holy well, knowing that at least that was a sacred site and when people would be visiting the blessed well they could always say a prayer for the little ones who had died and who were buried just within sight of the well so ordinary people in some ways were more merciful than the church which is a sad thing to say but You'll see those little, little Kyleen's, Killeenachs, 
Kylie's, call them what you will. They're called different things in different parts of the country. But they're a sad reflection on our past, just like so many other parts of our history that's only coming to light nowadays. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.